Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. So I say wrestling, and you may think this. This is history. Two legends going at it. Two of the most tenacious individuals ever. Boot to the skull by The Undertaker. Ooh, but they don't hand out gold medals at WWF, I mean WWE, I mean pro wrestling. They prefer the gaudier belts to go with the tattoos and piercings and costumes. No, to win Olympic gold, you have to learn to do this in wrestling. Coming up under his hips, my next step would be posting outside and basically doing a good hip squat. Lifting him up and then dumping him on his head. But a wrestling instructor there telling some very young, very untattooed collegiate bruisers how to perform a regulation takedown. Well, when the International Olympic Committee announced last month its own takedown of wrestling, deciding that the sport will likely be dropped after 2016, it produced a lot of disappointment among amateur wrestlers, college-level competitors. Writer John Irving, who's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, I don't know if you know that, he's outraged by all of this. And get this, it brought the United States, Russia, and Iran together. Wrestling should stay in the Olympics. If the U.S., Russia, and Iran agree on that, can world peace be far behind? Well, the advent of world peace may happen before the IOC reverses any of its decisions, although our next guest wants to do a takedown of the International Olympic Committee itself. Mike Novogratz is president of Fortress Investment Group, wrestled for Princeton as an undergrad. Now he's leading the campaign to save the sport's place in the Olympics. Mike, welcome to the show. Good to see you, John. So I gather being a hedge fund guy was sort of your plan B after wrestling if it didn't work out? <laughs> you know, a lot of similar skills. You've got to be tough. You've got to be tenacious. And uh, when you get knocked down, you've got to get back up. What is the chance? I want to talk about what you're doing in wrestling these days. But what is the chance that the IOC would even pay any attention to you, even though you are the head of Fortress? You know, it's not paying attention to me. But they will pay a lot of attention to the international outcry that they've seen. Uh, when we looked into what happened, really, you know, the IOC is a small group. It's a cloistered group. Uh, they ran a process. Uh, it was a five- to six-year process where each sport had to resell themselves to wrestling. And the international organization that ran wrestling called FILA just did a miserable job doing it. All these big sports organizations often get corrupt. Uh, you know, FILA, our organization, owns a $16 million castle about an hour and a half north of Luzon. It just as a data point. Well, you need castles, I guess, if you're a wrestler, right? I, I know. And so, you know, a lot of the athletes and the coaches, they care about the sport and they care about wrestling unbelievably passionately uh, and often leave the administration uh, to the old guys. Is this a blindside in the sense that because wrestling was in the original Olympic events, along with javelin and discus, those kinds of things, that nobody ever believed the IOC would make a decision like this? You know, I think for most wrestlers, it was a complete blindside. For the guys that were part of FILA and the, the, international, the, the leadership organizations of the big countries, it should not have been a blindside. But I think there was an arrogance, an arrogance stemming from that, that exact thing that how could they throw out wrestling? Now, you know, it's hard to imagine a groundswell of, you know, emotional sympathy for bringing wrestling back to the Olympics. But what is the active state of wrestling in communities around the world, particularly here in the United States? So the U.S., where the fifth or sixth largest sport in high school. There are about 270,000 high school wrestlers. 
Uh, we've added 70 programs in colleges in the last 15 years. So there are 350 colleges that have wrestling. And there's a huge amount of youth. And so when you add it all together, there are probably 700,000 people today engaged in the sport of wrestling. How does wrestling compete with the martial arts and other ways to fight, and many of which appear in video games? I don't see uh, Greek wrestlers appearing in video games. You know, we're probably 10 to 1 uh, in terms of participation rates on any other, you know, combat sport. You know, you don't have boxing in high school. You don't have karate in high school. uh, You don't have Little League. uh, And so it's not even close comparison. And then when you go to places like Iran, there are 350,000 wrestlers in Iran. It's their, their single largest sport, maybe soccer, and then wrestling. In Russia, it's a huge sport. And uh, Russia, Iran, and uh, the United States could get together on the, the wrestling mat even though they couldn't get together on issues you know, we of are, nukes. We are bringing Iran here uh, to New York City, the Iranian national team, uh, May 16th uh, to wrestle the U.S. Olympic team in Grand Central Station's Vanderbilt Hall. It will be one heck of a, uh, a showing that, you know, wrestling can kind of transcend or sports can transcend politics. And the Iranians will stomp on the U.S. team. You know, it'll be a battle. Uh, they beat us last time we wrestled them. But, uh, you know, the Iranians, the U.S., the Russians, you know, three of the best teams in the world. You sort of alluded to this at the beginning of our conversation. Um, what did wrestling teach you in, uh, in your undergraduate days at Princeton? You know, wrestling uh, – if done well, you know, going through the, the, the cauldron of, of the workouts and the dieting and the, and the discipline teaches you discipline and toughness. Uh, that leads to leadership. You know, 13 of the 44 presidents of the United States were wrestlers. Get out of here. The two guys that took the plane down over uh, Lancaster during 9-11, you know, Todd Beamer, I forgot the other guy's name, Let's Roll. The Let's Roll dude. Both yeah, wrestlers. Right. Uh, it teaches you to walk on your front foot. It teaches you not to be scared. Uh, There's nothing more helpless, though, than being pinned on a mat. I, I wrestled in middle school, and uh, when somebody's got you, you're done. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's a humiliating and, and, and frustrating feeling. Uh, and, you know, for little kids, I've noticed, you know, for, the great thing about wrestling is it comes in all sh- shapes, sizes, tall guys, short guys, big guys, little guys. And so anybody can do it. Uh, at times, and, and it's, we've got to be careful with little competition because if it gets too competitive, the little guy's confidence gets shattered. What you're trying to do is have that confidence built up and by the time you become 16, 17, you know, you're, you're a real battler. Urban sport, uh, something to motivate kids in schools that are having difficulty in academics? You know, it never was. Uh, about seven years ago, we started an uh, organization here in New York called Beat the Streets where we thought this is crazy. You know, wrestling in general does well with tough kids, you know, not necessarily wealthy kids from, from tough backgrounds. So what do you have in New York City? You got tough kids from tough backgrounds. And so you know, we've now started over 70 programs uh, here in the city. Uh, it's called Beat the Streets. Uh, the idea is to get kids off the streets onto a wrestling mat to teach them those life skills. Uh, we've, that, that's now gone into 14 different cities. And so it's becoming a movement, an urban wrestling movement, uh, which is pretty neat to see. Is there a decision day for the IOC uh, that they would revisit this decision possibly you know, there, on wrestling? There are two dates. One is uh, in late May when they meet in St. Petersburg. Uh, with the, it's the same executive committee, the 15 people. Uh, and then the second is in September when the entire IOC meets in Argentina. Uh, both those are important dates. My sense is that we will win this fight. You know, we're, we've got the right team now negotiating with the IOC. I think they are you know, looking for a way to keep wrestling in, not to throw it out. Well, I certainly wouldn't want to tangle with you, Mike Novogratz. <laughs> yeah. 
Mike Novogratz uh, used to wrestle at Princeton as an undergrad, president of the Fortress Investment Group, and a former uh, and, and spearheading the effort to get the IOC to reverse its decision on wrestling in the Olympics. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, John. 